what was the movie that this was the regular song in? Oh gosh, it was a I think it was an early two thousand, late nineties movie. They're skiing. No one no one tweet in the answer. Don't do it. I'm looking this up. Oh gosh. This is driving me crazy. And would come on the jukebox and when it would, it made him think of his girlfriend. Oh gosh. This is terrible. Why would it not Island in the Sun Weezer movie? Uh, no, it's not Mr. Deeds. That was also my first uh, discovery on the Google, too. Oh, was it really? Oh, this is. Here's my updated uh, search. Okay. Island in the Sun Weezer movie jukebox, and we're still not there. Island in the Sun Weezer movie snow ski. Let's see here. <laughs> Uh, I've got a, I've got I'm a cold. Yeah, I did yep. it. <laughs> and I gotta say, my man uh, on the super secret text line texted in first. He had it. Out cold. If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> out cold was the first ever movie appearance for Zach Galifianakis. Oh, really? That's the uh, the first IMDb note. I, I believe so. This was. I, okay, so we had one or two before, but not not the success of Out Cold. He was in Heartbreakers, Bubble Boy, and Corky Romano. <laughs> Boy, things were going well for Zach Galifianakis in the early 2000s. Uh, Out Cold. Not a bad flick if you want to be a little nostalgic. All right, uh, good text on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We are talking. <laughs> I told you guys. I told you guys, boy, you have you have sent me on uh, an interesting forums message board thread. Hey, this is pretty random, but does anyone know the name of the song in the movie Out Cold where they play <laughs> while they are at the bar? <laughs> it's literally Island of the Sun. It plays nonstop during the movie. Uh, it, here's a couple. We were talking about things you're looking forward to, right? For Saturday, Oklahoma and Arkansas State. And for me, I brought up depth chart conversations, which means, all right, who rolls out there to start? Who's going to be the guy? I said, you know, I assume it's going to be Deshaun McCullough at the at the Cheetah. But, that, again, I don't know. And Teddy's talked a lot about Justin Harrington, and, and we've heard a lot about Justin Harrington this preseason, but we did last year too. So there was, there was a couple here that was really, really good on this from the 404. Sean White's gone. McCullough's new to the position. Harrington's the most experienced that position. That's why. For the 918. Harrington has a year in the system. Deshaun just now getting in it. They both split time at Cheetah depending on game situations, lineups. Fair enough. If that's our perspective going in. But I mean, what is it? Which one is it? Is it that he's been the the absolute hit of the camp? That he's the next rock star? Or that he still needs time to learn the position of Deshaun McCullough? I, I'm just I don't know. I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to buy into outside of what Teddy tells me. And if Teddy's high on Justin Harrington being that guy, why not? What we always couched it with, we heard that a lot last year. Anything else to add before we get to what we learned from Saturday? Uh, I don't think so. I didn't plan to spend this much time on McCullough v. Harrington. But I think in the end... We all win. On Saturday, week zero, ladies and gentlemen, and 
we we had a big show about it on Friday. Hey, are we going to make this a big deal? Does week zero become a thing where you get big-time matchups? And we didn't have, like, a barn burner. But I thought, the, I thought it was good. I sat and watched about all the Notre Dame game, even though it was pretty one-sided. Navy offensively, I mean, my goodness. So In, bad. Anytime you have dudes running wide open. That run into each other. That, run, <laughs> that was like, oh, man, this is not going to go well. There was another play near the end of the first half. And I think it was 20, it might have been 21 zip at the time, where a guy is, he's got at least 15 yards separation between him and the safety. And the ball hangs up in the air for so long (laughs) that they still don't catch up to him, but it's so underthrown that he has to go back and he doesn't catch it. I mean, again, it was a blowout. Army, uh, Notre Dame covered. But Navy had a couple of opportunities that they just didn't take advantage of. But I don't think anyone's here to talk about Notre Dame-Navy. I don't think anyone's here to talk about Rich Rodriguez in Jacksonville State. I don't think anyone wants to get too carried away in what they saw from San Diego State against Ohio. No uh, no UMass love this morning? Not with, uh, How about that fourth quarter in that game? I don't think you're getting any of that. But Josh, I feel like, I feel like whenever I was watching the highlights of Saturday night's game between USC and San Jose State, I don't know about you, but I feel like uh, I feel like I'd seen that before. It seemed incredibly too familiar to me. They don't have it figured out yet defensively, do they? Not even close. No, and and they tightened up, and some things went better. In the second half, right. but uh, yeah, the the end of the first half, and I'm I'm looking here at Plaschke's headline where there's no defense for the bad defense at USC. Folks are already because of the way last season went and ended with Tulane and everything. They're getting the full Alex Grinch experience, and that opener is not necessarily well. It's not real uh, confidence inducing. Not really confidence-inducing. Agreed. Agreed a billion percent. Now, with that in mind, Josh, I didn't – San Jose State didn't impress me with what I saw offensively. I know they've got a sixth-year quarterback, but, I mean, I don't think they're going to be juggernauts this season – I don't think this is going to be a situation where that game was, even though you know it was a 30-point spread, where that game was as concerning as it was at times. Then you look up and, you know, San Jose State is competing like Tulane did last year. And I guess the good news is, what was my excuse that I would always have for that, Josh, whenever there was a bad defensive performance in the Lincoln Rally era? Well, it's early. They got time to fix it. They got time to fix it. But as far as... As far as I'm concerned, you, you're you looking at a situation right now. You're looking at a situation right now that they're not going to get through those last six games if that's the way that defense is going to be without at the very least a couple of L's. And I'm not here to tell you that Notre Dame's world beaters just because of what they did against Navy, but, I mean, that 
again, it's just – you're right. They tightened up in certain instances. And they pulled away. And Caleb Williams still threw four touchdowns. They got to play three quarterbacks. And they played a lot of players. But – They're not it, winning at Notre Dame <laughs> based on uh, week, week zero performances. It is – it's just shocking – how much of a struggle it truly is. And I don't know about you. It seems like the same things. I know they're coach. I know they're good coaches. Brian Odom's a good coach. You guys, Alex Grinch is a good coach. They're good coaches. But something when it comes to tackling and fundamentals, I don't know what it is, Josh. There's just some disconnect come game day. Well, and the big run that they gave up to the quarterback was obviously – not a good look at all in that third and long situation. So why those types of back-breaking plays happen, uh, not not great for USC. I'm with you. I mean, you start looking at the schedule and trip to Notre Dame, Utah, Washington, at Oregon, UCLA. It looks like there's some landmines there. And when you've got Caleb Williams, who's the Heisman Trophy winner and transcendent talent, you, you got to turn that into a college football playoff appearance. And right now they don't look like they're tracking to do that. But it's week zero. Right. Right. Uh, Softball Steve is first in on that game. He writes, the USC defense got 28 put on them. Alex Grinch defense shows it still stinks. Irish beat up on a hapless Navy team. Go figure. I thought it was a good game for San Jose State. But, again, another subpar defense by USC and maybe a little bit overranked. And softball Steve added, how did San Jose put up 28 on number six? Think what a good team will do to Grinch's misfits. It's a fair question. Uh, It's a good question from the 405. Plank, where did you watch Notre Dame? I thought you were with DirecTV and Next Star is still in contract dispute. I'm guessing I won't be able to watch Sunday Night Football. Good question from a concerned citizen. Uh, I was home. I was in Wood River, Illinois. And my parents don't have direct TV. My mom doesn't. They have something called, I believe it's Xfinity, and it sucks. But it had NBC, so it doesn't stink as bad as direct TV does in <laughs> Oklahoma City. It's actually a little bit better. That's that's nice. Well, I mean, what, what can we get a status update on this? Like, I, I know – Save your text, or your text, your tweet. Save your note to the super secret textoso line. Well, why don't you just go get an antenna? Because I pay for Direct TV, so I don't have to have another connection. I've got enough stupid connections in my TV. If you're new to the program here, folks, this is a uh, this is a bit, and Plank is happy to complain. I have. I have so many times told him that I'm happy to share my streaming passwords. He doesn't want them. Well, I appreciate that. And we even had we even had a member of the Ref Army offer up their Hulu account, which, again, I'm going to take you up on that now that I realize all the old Sunnies and Mike and Mornies are on there. But in all seriousness, Josh, it's just kind of like the pool. Remember when my pool got the mustard algae? And I was like, I'm fixing this. I'm fixing this. (laughs) Yeah, you're going down with the ship, baby. I'm fixing this, okay? I'm being that guy. I'm being that old man that says, I pay for this. Figure it out. This is a you problem, not a me problem. I know I can't blame the anchors or the weather people on NBC, 
They have no power over it. And either, A, nobody watches that station, or, B, nobody has direct TV because I feel like whenever I complain about it, I get, like, one reply. I'd probably take the latter that nobody has direct TV, right? <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. But it's just going back to the NASCAR race in Chicago, uh, in Chicago. That's how long we've been without it. So, yes, sir, that's why I was out of out of town. I was out of town. That's how it was able to happen. Um, from the 5-8-0, can you touch on why Caleb will or will not enter the draft, depending on who had the first pick? That's from Beach Bum Sooner. He's turning pro, Josh. He's turning pro. I mean, the play where he's sitting back there and just chucks it 50 yards, yeah, I think he's going pro. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's like not even moving. He's he's got a different arm talent about him. So, yeah, he's he's going to take his cash. Don't don't buy into that thing for a second. There's been several versions of Brazilian Sooners text, but Brazilian Sooner writes, "USC is close." Again, several versions of that on the Kanipamai Chevrolet text line. Um. And then there is this. I don't know if I'm late to the party, but Saturday night was great. Got the David Stone commitment. And then my next cast, I caught a monster bass. I hope that's not code for anything, 715, but congratulations. Things are going well. Yes. Say so. Sounds like a Grinch defense. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. Let's break. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Anything else to add from Saturday? It was just great to have football back. You know, we didn't have we didn't have a great matchup anywhere. No, you're true. And I have to say, whoever sent it, I forget who you are. Probably there were multiple of you, but I defer. You were correct. It really didn't matter that much. I would have, as a viewer, I would have loved to have seen Notre Dame and USC play one another sure. in Week Zero or something of that ilk. But uh, I did come away just with the feeling of, ah, football's back. This is great. I, I don't even care that the games aren't good. Because this is the home of Sooner fans, I forgot to, I forgot to mention one of my favorite moments from the weekend, Josh. Take you to whatever that was. It wasn't game day, right? It was like a pregame show that they were doing could happen have the ad's who aren't in at all right at all these places have them have it make it happen and you know we'll continue to enjoy something that happened 107 times now yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't want to be the bearer of bad news yeah oklahoma state might be happy that this rivalry is over <laughs> 91 19 and 7 oklahoma is in the in the bedlam rivalry so i don't know if they're jumping in to sign up for that more time i hope the oklahomans get a chance to experience a good since the big 12 was full, the original version in 1996 all right they, they, Oh, Pat McAfee, huh? Are you? Did Drake Dykin write his notes for that segment? Must Drake, have. Drake's a big not a rivalry guy. Wow. Yeah. Oklahoma State catching a few strays. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, now here we go. Here comes the. Well, if you look at the overall Bedlam series, because it, it's more than football. Yeah, what's the uh, the Bedlam Trophy? What is it that they award? Yeah, you got it. It's the Bedlam Trophy. <laughs> well, look at the Bedlam Trophy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, quick break. 
It's uh, 10-19, straight to the text line and your calls at 405-329-9000. It's Josh, I'm Plank. It's the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. I've seen this asked a lot, Josh. Whoa, a lot of text messages rolling in. Um, boy, I am way far behind. Um, has there been anything official about a pink out game, or are we just trying to do this like from a groundswell, a fan generated thing? Yeah, groundswell of support. Yeah, okay. nothing official, so far as I know. So are we are we getting behind it then? Are we saying let's go? I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm all about it. But uh, again, I don't think that you're going to see unless Oklahoma comes out and says, hey, we want to do this thing, probably it'd be a smattering around the stadium, right? Mm, okay. I just didn't know if I needed to go find a pink polo. Do they have pink OU polos? They're pretty cool. But uh, tons of questions on this. Haven't seen anything official from the university. You, know, you can wear whatever you want to the game. I, I, I know that many of you have game day outfits, and that's cool. Your game day fit can be whatever you want. But, yeah. Um, boy, we're all over the place. Nick is in Paris this morning. Uh, I heard from the very first text to the show was from our buddy Mike Howard, who is listening on the app at 33,000 feet. He's up, he's up there. But uh, Nick writes, listen to the Fox Sports show on Saturday on the way to the airport. Now listening in Paris, France. Great weekend for OU football recruiting. Well, for some. For others, it was immediately like True was joking about. I gun decommit. Yeah, he's still going to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> um. You want you want to dive into a couple of these Lincoln Rally texts? Sure. Okay. The best way to get in touch with the show, the station, we've embraced the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Grateful for their support, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. Nate Dog of Stutzman's Army writes, <laughs> Riley will bounce and Williams will stop playing once USC isn't going to make the Pac-12 championship. Pretty boy Kingsbury will become the coach, and Grinch will be out looking for a D.C. job. It's from Nate Dogg. By the way, hold on to that one. I don't. I think this could end up being one of the more interesting offseason. I know, I, I know it's the week before the season starts, the week leading up to it. But, I mean, think about the coaching carousel already, right? Jim Harbaugh might not be back in Michigan, even though I feel like he's tried to get to the NFL the last few years and it hasn't worked out. Yeah. Dallas could have an opening. If Mike McCarthy doesn't get it done this year, I think he's out. What What does he need to do to keep the gig? NFC Championship, Super <sighs> yeah, Bowl I think appearance? So. Don't you? At least the NFC Championship game. That's how high Jerry is right now on, on this team. How about the buzz out of out of New England? That Bill Belichick's on the hot seat? Oh, the hot seat. I know, dude. For Belichick, if, get out of here. If Belichick's on the hot seat, none of us are safe in anything we ever do. Well, 
I mean, yeah, they've not been good, but guy wins you six Super Bowls. You're gonna he he can't call it quits when he wants to. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I guess not. I guess. I guess Robert Kraft wants to win. So my point is, you know, those are what is give you know four, you know, interesting coaches. Throw Lincoln in the mix because, again. I think Lincoln makes a lot of money. I think he's saying all the right things about California. I don't think he wants anything to do with the Big Ten week in and week out. So, I mean, he's been the apple of some NFL guys' eyes. That's openings potentially at places like Dallas, New England, maybe Vegas. I mean, I just – if one of those teams in the AFC East is going to have a vacancy unless – I mean, Bob Kraft cannot be that crazy – but if Miami doesn't meet expectations, there's a vacancy. Boy, if the Jets fall on their face, that, that could be an open job. Sean, Sean McDermott, to me, in Buffalo is a fascinating watch, Josh. Fascinating watch. They went out and Leslie Frazier was told that, hey, McDermott's going to call the plays defensively, and so Leslie Frazier retired. So McDermott's putting it all on him, second year with, you know, a the day ball replacement offensive coordinator. So, I don't know. You, you, I don't think you might be too far off, Nate Dogg. It would have to go pretty bad for Mike McDaniel, would it not, at Miami? I think so. Aren't they – don't they like McDaniel? So, I guess there's this group, and I don't know if they're important or not, but they don't like the way that he handles his press conferences. Well, he's a little bit different, sure. I love him. Oh, there's no doubt he's great. I love him. When the Raiders fired Josh McDaniel after this year, I wouldn't mind seeing him make a play for him. But if they implode in Miami, if if this team goes, you know, three and fourteen or you know, two is not that guy, then yeah, I could be in trouble. Um it's just by the way, I, I just bring that up for a conversation. Five eight oh Nate writes, Mule Shoes going to Tampa Bay. Here's one from Sam and Edmund. Please don't speak mule shoe to the Cowboys into existence. No. <laughs> uh, That's Nick, his dream job. We know that. Uh, and, and Nick follows up from Paris. Lincoln Riley to Dallas would be the next bad decision made by the Cowboys organization. Uh, oh, and then there's this. Then there is this from the 918. Riley is the offensive guru of all gurus. USC is far better than OU. The sour grapes is a bad look. I'm just pointing out facts, man. The defense is not where it needs to be. I don't know how that's sour grapes, but that's the reality. No one really is questioning the offense, but had a good offense last year. Had a good had a, offense the had year a before great that. great offense. Yeah. They lost three games. Good offense the year before, lost two games. I mean – no one's questioning him as an offensive mind. But defensively, as the pair of shorts we wore on Mr. Moat's eighth grade basketball team said, defense wins championships, Josh. And that's a philosophy across all sports. All sports. Um, quick break. 10-31. 11, no, 10-31. Now remember, I bolt a little bit early today. Because we've got our coaches' corner. So if you have questions for Bill Beatenbow or Todd Bates, 
then you can hit me up on Twitter at Plank Show or the Super Secret Text Oso line, and we'll get them asked for you. So Todd Bates and Bill Beanbow, what a great combo to kick off Coach's Corner, huh? That is fantastic. So hit me up with your questions. We'll ask them for you, and I'll let you know what we learn tomorrow right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Yeah, the, um, this is good from the 575. It's a good question. I don't know where the Beatonbaugh thing started. He's told us it's Beatonbaugh. His players call him that. I, I don't know where that started. Good question. Can you please ask Coach B what the correct pronunciation is for his last name? Also, what does he consider the most important attribute of an offensive lineman? It's a great question. Number one most important attribute, they're good at football. Number two, <laughs> it's a good attribute. And there's been times whenever you've seen some slight changes in names. Whereas I, Travis, Travis Kelsey told us that his name is being pronounced incorrectly, that it's Kelsey, and everyone's like, that's great, Travis Kelsey. Good job. Yeah, we, we don't care. We're not changing. No, no, we've decided that that's how you say your name. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Travis Kelsey. It's not Kelsey anymore. You, you went know. too many years. We're, we're sorry. Yeah, I noticed that Kerry does that a lot. It, but I don't know if that's just – it's like me with Adeboare. You know, I see it and it's like Adeboare and I'm like, wait, hold on, or Adebaye or whatever. You know, it's just it's stuck in my head. There are certain names that you just – you look at and for some reason you never, ever get them right. That's me. And I'm a professional, kind of. Um, I, <laughs> 5808. Correct pronunciation, Bill Badass. That's pretty good. Fair we enough. asked a question on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line earlier, Josh. Things you're looking forward to this week. Things that you want to see from this Oklahoma football team. Things that intrigue you about the 2023 Oklahoma Sooner football season. A lot of different things popping in, right? Like this from the 405. I'm most looking forward to the new-look defense, hoping they swarm to the ball and force some turnovers, and anxious to see how year two Dylan Gabriel has hopefully improved his game. Everything, Josh, and I mean everything you hear coming out of camp and early practices is that Dylan Gabriel has just – he's really knocked it out of the park. He's been fantastic. There hasn't been a – there hasn't been a lot of complaining. There hasn't been a lot of – Right, where someone might say, hey, how's it looking with Dylan Gabriels? Oh, I don't know, man. But it's always couched with, hey, he looks great. But, man, Jackson Arnold's something else. So it's (laughs) – Dylan's having a good camp, but it seems as if Arnold is tracking how they want him to, right? But that's going to be for a lot of people. We've got to see Dylan Gabriel be more consistent for what Oklahoma expects to be this season, right? Absolutely. In key situations, be more accurate. You know, but offensively, get yourself in third and shorts. Lean on the run game. Uh, trust Barnes or Sachuk or Major to go pick up a third down and two in this offensive line to go get that yardage for you. Be, be able to do those things, and all of a sudden you take a little bit of the pressure off Dylan Gabriel to, you know, 
be perfect and to be more accurate. And, oh, by the way, defensively, improve a little bit there, and then uh, not every third down is a must-get. Mm. Good point. Uh, Brandon from Shawnee, I'm confident in the offense. Hopefully the D-line can get more pressure, not just this week, but all season. They should dominate Arkansas State's offensive line. They should be able to do whatever they want pressure-wise against SMU and Tulsa. It's when you get into that grind, right? And what's a what's a phrase, a term that's been pounded over our head, Josh? Competitive depth. Let's hope that competitive depth is where all these coaches want it and Brent Venables wants it, that these guys aren't on fumes by the time they get to that point. So I'm with you. It's hard to – you. everyone wants to have, like, big-time matchups, but you also – you're okay with easing into a season with a matchup like this, I think. This isn't a Gus Malzahn or a Hugh Freeze or a Brian Harson coached Arkansas State team. Butch Jones is okay, but Arkansas State, in just being as blunt as you can be, they have no business being in this game Saturday. No business. And from a talent perspective and a measurement, measurables perspective, OU should be able to do what they want. Really just the start of this season in general, given how disappointing last year was, mm-hmm. new faces as typifies college football, the start of a season. But because you you had a bad year, and right. it is year two under Venables, and you're trying to transition and, and improve, and you do have all these transfer portal faces and signees that are new. Not the worst time to have a soft non-conference schedule. You know, you, you wish that there was some beef there in some regards, something something to, uh, you know, really test yourself and go win, and then all of a sudden you eye everybody's, uh, you know, feeling positive heading into conference play. But it's also not the worst thing that you got a couple of cupcakes. Get your feel. Uh, for a guy, uh, guys that are new but experienced, that haven't played in Brent Venable's system but have played a lot of snaps, Reggie Pearson, Rondell Bothroyd, yeah, th- th- there's Connor Neal, dudes on that defensive line, any of the D tackles, they've, they've played a lot, but they haven't necessarily played in this defense, so it gets them a time to see what it's like with live action. I feel you. Dodger Blaine writes, I can't wait to see Stutzman with two years under his belt. And more importantly, right, right, Blaine, that one year under Brent's system and knowing all those little things that he talked about with Teddy, that he talked about um, consistently, or the focus is there. It's better. I like it. I mean, it's a good one. And then one more from 5808. Wait, we did take our bottom of the hour break, right? We're good, yeah. Okay. Said, Don't the panic. Flight. My gosh. First game, Nate writes, I want to see our playmakers make plays. Returning starters, leaders on defense play like they have ownership in the system. And is it selfish to say, I want to see Deshaun McCullough's big impact right away? I don't, I don't think that's selfish, Josh. I mean, let's see. Let's see how that works out. But – I don't think it's selfish by any stretch of the imagination, man. I want to see Deshaun McCullough too. I also I also know there's a lot of guys that are in a position where they feel like they have a lot of proof coming back. And they're not just going to tap out because fresh blood has come in. It's like, oh, well, 
you know, I was feeling pretty good about things, but then they went and got a guy that played my position. So, no, 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 they're, they're out to compete. Competitive depth. Competitive depth. Jim in Arlington writes, Arkansas State was just outside this week's college football bottom ten by Ryan McGee. I get so triggered by those. And not, not I love Ryan. Because they would have Tulsa that would always show up in the bottom ten. and the What did they use to the pillow fight of the week? Do they still do that? <clears throat> Where they pick a couple bad programs? Mm. Unbelievable. Couple Here's of, a uh, couple of awful teams playing against one another. Turns into a maybe a pretty entertaining game to watch. I don't need that. This I don't need that until week, like, six. <laughs> well, we got a lot of that in week zero, so. <laughs> we did. By the way, I... I still want to go back to the USC thing. I still think it's a good team. <laughs> Travis, Travis texted when we were talking about the defense, and I, um, and I had to laugh. Uh, here I, tell, I said Alex Grinch is a good coach. He's just something about the fundamentals and the tackling. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. I mean, he's had success, but those guys get out there to get it done. It's like, what's going on? But I thought USC, I mean, it, Caleb Williams looked like Caleb Williams. Dude, they've got some they've got some burners now. Like a whole team of Hollywood Browns running around out there. Yeah, they got some skill guys and they have the best quarterback in America. So they are going to absolutely be a factor in the Pac-12 and they might go win the thing. From the 5-1-2, one more. Th- I keep saying one more and as I refresh it a few more pop in that are pretty good. Will we have a shutout win this season? Ooh. Oh. Tis a good question. Would you take that bet, Josh, that Oklahoma will shut out an opponent this year? If they're going to do it, it's probably this week. Uh, Three options. I think there's three teams. Arkansas State, Iowa State, because, heck, we don't even – we don't even know who Iowa State's quarterback is going to be, right? Yeah, probably. And maybe West Virginia. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, listen. I would say no. I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, look how – and I know Navy kicked the field goal to avoid the shutout. All right, it's 42 to zip. Here comes the field goal teams. Like, what? Three minutes to go in the game. But uh, everyone can score in college football. SMU is going to score. Now, if they shut out SMU – in week two, Josh. Okay, all right. Let's um, let's have a little conversation. Really, any, you know, shut out anywhere. But yeah, that that'd be nice. I think Tulsa is going to be better than people think they are. I think they'll be able to score some points. But yeah, I am. I don't know. I I want to see improvement, and then <laughs> then you're. You know, you can start being greedy. Like Patrick writes, what's a shutout? I've heard stories, but. <laughs> oh, gosh, please don't have any Texas fans listening today, Patrick. All right, let's break. It is uh, 1047. Text line's been really good. You can tell it's a game week around here. We got our top five stories of the day. I'm getting a chance to talk to Bill Beatenbow here in about uh, 30 minutes from now. So we'll be talking offensive line. We'll be talking defensive line with Todd Bates. We'll get you ready for Coach's Corner. And, oh, by the way, a busy week on the ref. 
We've got our buddy Eric Bailey, who's back. He's going to join us. Um, I, I think I think we're – well, we won't be able to bring you the Brent Venables press conference live, but we'll be able to bring you all the highlights as soon as it happens. Wednesday is everything we've learned day, and we wipe it clean from the week before. But in this instance, no need to do that. And then our six-pack of picks coming up on Friday and much, much more. All of our – all of our countdown to kickoff regulars right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Based on what I'm seeing right now, Josh, in scrolling through in, thro- in scrolling through some of the team's cuts, which have been trickling in so far today from the National Football League, it looks like the only Sooner I've seen that's been axed so far is Deshaun White, who had just been recently picked up at Buffalo Bills camp. I'm almost all the way through the NFC West here. But so far, so good. Now, some think Kennedy Brooks is probably going to be axed in Philadelphia. Um, Trey Sermon as well, so we'll keep an eye on that. It seems like I don't want to start spiking the football before we hit the end zone, but it seems as if Eric Gray is going to make the Giants. But, yeah, nothing I've seen so far. Dude, how about some of the receivers that have been cut already? Denzel Mims got cut. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, weren't you just like a the talk of the draft? Uh, Inkill in- Henry got cut. He was a first-round pick. James Washington, former cow cowboy, got cut. OSU cowboy. I don't know. It's and it's a weird cut down too, right? Because everything's happening on one day. Uh, Peter King wrote yesterday. I think we've never seen what we're going to see Tuesday afternoon. The one cut date is new this year. Some teams aren't at ninety currently. They've either cut some loose or they've put them on IR. Teams have until 3 o'clock to claim players. The top four teams in the claiming order, Chicago, Houston, Arizona, and Indianapolis. Are your Chiefs in any names you're keeping an eye on in particular? Not really, man. I uh, I probably should be. Uh, I'm a bad fan. I'm just, hey, once uh, the season kicks off, I'll get updated with oh. everything. Here's a couple. Uh, yeah, Turk was cut a while back. I mean, I, th- I think he was cut a couple weeks into Dolphins camp. So, that one's going back. Kenny Brooks just got cut this morning. All right, thanks, Loco, Ohio. And Jalen Redman. Jalen Redman uh, got cut. He made it a long way through camp. So, good on him. Hopefully, hopefully he'll be able to find a landing spot. I say you made it a long, long way through camp. Kind of what Peter King was saying. There's only one cut down, but... Teams had been, like, moving on from players throughout that process. There were injury lists and things of that nature. So we'll continue to do our best to keep that list updated. But, yeah, gosh, that's no good. Hate that. Hate that for Kennedy Brooks. But we'll see if he can bounce back. Drew from Flower Mound writes, as far as what you're looking forward to this weekend. I'm most looking forward to how we use Austin Stogner. Really hope we can develop a middle-of-the-field connection, which we lacked last year. I think they're really happy with Austin Stogner. 
think they feel really good about Austin Stogner. I think the battle here is, all right, can you get can you get a second guy that's going to step up? Is there going to be another one of these tight ends that's going to step up and be able to do for you some of the things that Daniel Parker was last year? I think it's a lot about the different types of formations they want to run to, and maybe that would, if they can't find the depth they want and need that position, might kind of maybe lead to doing things out of out of different looks. But I would say universally, Josh, the, the Stogner question is one that a lot of people are pretty fired up about to see how different he is and to see what he can provide for this team this year. Well, and we've seen great things from him here in the past – so the the story of the return to Oklahoma, this is where I wanted to be, and he, he's played great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, injuries and uh, obviously a decision to go elsewhere sort of uh, stymied that progress. So we think we know what we're going to get out of Austin Stogner, at least what that ceiling or close to it looks like, and yet you want to see that he's back, right? Mm-hmm. You want to see that he's back so back. And, you know, in one of the – coaches that kind of one of the former coaches who checks in every now and then with us. So that's a great question to see where he is. You know, he's not going to be that same guy that he was in 2020, or at least you don't think he will be, but where is he? What kind of burst does he have? Where is he physically? How different of a player is he? And, you know, age injuries, all those things, they, they wear away at you. But at least from everything we've heard, he seems to be the guy they're most confident in in that tight end room. And might be the only one right now that they feel 100% confident with. All right, keep them coming. Um, top five stories today next. And I bolt for the coaches. And then I tell you everything we learn tomorrow. On three. It's Plank Show on the ref.